friends, welcome. This is it. We have over a decade of episodes unpacking stories and life to help you discover your purpose, your divine design, and what you are wired to do. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. Please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe to Girlfriend It so we can be in it together. All right. Well, welcome to Girlfriend It. This is Patty Wyatt. I will be your host today. And we are talking about mom guilt. Do you have mom guilt? Uh, uh, That is when you manage to make all of your hair appointments, but you've had to cancel the last two dentist appointments for your child, or you were late to the soccer game and you missed your child making a goal. Uh, You went out of town for your child's birthday. I, I did that. And I have never lived that one down. Uh, the best one, this one I, I was famous for, you you find what you, you are looking for after you've already accused your children of misplacing it. So we do mom guilt well. And our guest today, uh, Counselor Lauren Whitman, she's also a professor at Westminster Theological Seminary, where she teaches counseling problems and procedures in the school's graduate counseling program. And she's the author of A Painful Past, uh, Healing and Moving Forward, as well as her most recent book, A Biblical Counseling Process. So thank you so much, Lauren, for being on the show today. And I can't wait to hear. I I want you to make me feel better about my own mom guilt is really what I'm saying. So how are you today? (laughs) Tell us how old your children are. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I definitely want to make you feel better um, about mom guilt today. Um, so my my children are eight years old and four years old. Eight and four. Okay. That is the perfect age for mom guilt. Because... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what I immediately thought of, I don't know if you read the book Lean In uh, by Sheryl Sandberg, Women, Work, and, and the Will to Lead. Well, she has a story. She's the CEO or was the CEO of Google and then Facebook. And so she she's this, I, I think she's a billionaire. I mean, you know, this woman has definitely been in the workplace. Uh, she tells a story of how when she's dropping her kids off in the, in the little carpool lane and she gets shamed by the the other moms there when her kids get out of the car and it's supposed to be like green shirt day they were supposed to wear their school whatever (laughs) shirt Mm -hmm. and she's like oh no I totally forgot and they're Mm -hmm. they they look at her like okay mom you know but but the dad that was just in front of of her he comes with his kids without the green shirt and they go make it happen like it's okay john we we have a couple extra green shirts we'll get them on your kid you know like the dad gets a pass mm-hmm. but the mom gets all the guilt and the shame and i just i love that story cuz it's it's so true we just we do that right mm-hmm. and then we we do the mom guilt very very well and and the other story my um my daughter i have a new my first grandbaby oh, and my daughter. Puts, yeah. She puts this outlet. Have you heard of an outlet? Did you use that for your kids? I didn't use one, but I've heard of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Where it's, I don't know, it's some medical device and it provides the heart rate and the oxygen levels and moms just love it. Right. I don't, I don't know if she would let her daughter spend the night at my house unless she had that. <laughs> it's yeah. like one of those things that it's just a part of them. 
And now FDA came out and stated it has high levels of, you know, UV radiation or something. And so there's always this new thing that we have to go, oh, no, I've been putting this on my child for 10 months. <laughs> and mm -hmm. now I am, you know, I'm slowly killing my child in another way besides SIDS. It's like mm -hmm. just crazy stuff that we do as a mom. And you, um, in, in your one of your blogs, you talk about a situation where you brought your daughter to swimming and you didn't have the goggles. And if you don't mind sharing that, it's it's so many, so many moms can relate to that story. Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, it was swim lessons, kind of first day of swim lessons. And, um, you know, we show up and, um, and I realized that um, my kid's the only one without goggles. And this was just like a kind of a quintessential mom guilt um, moment, you know, where I'm very, very aware that, you know, I forgot the goggles. My kid's the only one without the goggles. I'm, you know, so I'm kind of comparing myself to the other moms, like, well, they didn't forget the goggles. Like, what's wrong with me? Um, and um, yeah, just feeling that internal sense of like failure of like, oh, this was like the most important piece of gear and I forgot it. And, you know, just kind of berating myself about it. And um, yeah, it was just, it's just a hard moment. Um, and sadly, like mom guilt, you know, tends to be like an everyday experience and can take like this, like, you know, this is just an everyday moment of like, you know, coming to swim lessons and, and, but, you know, with, with mom guilt, it gets colored in this, you know, really kind of harsh way because of how we're feeling about ourselves in the midst of, you know, what's, what's happening, um, with our kids and how we see ourselves, you know, failing, um, to measure up in some way. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. And do you feel like it's even more accentuated in our day and age now? Are, are we as moms more prone to feel like we are failing? I believe so. So I, I'm actually working on a manuscript on on mom guilt right now uh, for a mini uh, mini book for um, New Growth Press publishers. And that's one of, you know, the kind of sources of mom guilt I I that I ident identify, which is that, yeah, we do live in an age of um, really high expectations um, on parents. And this is this is a well-known kind of um, sociological, you know, fact of, of today that the um, the predominant kind of model of parenting right now in Western society is what's called intensive parenting, um, which is, you know, very child centered and, um, you know, for, you know, is kind of up to date on, you know, like the outlet, you know, you're up to date on all the products and you're, you know, keeping up with data and research about raising healthy kids. And it's just, it's intense and the, and it creates very, very high expectations on parents. So absolutely to answer your question, I think that living amongst that societal idea, um, ideal, excuse me, ideal absolutely lends itself to mom guilt because we're so aware of all these things we could and should be doing. Um, and, and so now we have all these, you know, expectations that we've, you know, are, are holding ourselves to because we're, we're aware of them because there's so much to be aware of in a, you know, hyper connected digital world. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm writing that down, the hyper connected to the digital wor world, hyper, is that what you said? Hyper-connected to digital. Yeah. Uh, so recently, my my family, after 
after Christmas the next morning, we all, we used to do one big huge slumber party and then we get up the next morning and we would go to Target and get, you know, all their after Christmas sales in in our pajamas. And then we go to breakfast and kind of obnoxious. And now we've, we've toned it down a bit after COVID. We don't all do the sleepover, but we still get up in the morning. We actually get dressed. We don't do it in our PJs, but this year, (laughs) and we were laughing at my sister who is eight years older than me. She would, when she had her first baby, I was only 16 Mm -hmm. and she would leave the baby with me. And there's there, I have pictures of, you know, me at the mall with, you know, some guy friend that I'm hanging out with as a teenager. And, and we were, we were laughing because I don't remember ever putting that child in a car seat. I don't remember, you know, uh, um, even really knowing I wasn't a babysitter. That's just not what I did at that age. I, I liked doing other things, but babysitting wasn't one of them. And we were kind of mocking her, like, what were you thinking, leaving her with me? And and my my brother, who's two years older, who he would have been like 18 at the day, a senior in high school. And we were probably the, the worst, you know, teenagers to, to leave the baby with. And yet my daughter now, who has a 10-month-old, she would no sooner leave her child with a teenager, even after she babysat. I mean, she was babysitting at 11 and 12. And she yeah, was like, so was I. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And so she was saying, I don't even understand it. What What are moms thinking that they left their, their child with me? And what was, you know, Aunt Kathy thinking that they left, you know, her baby with you? And I, I think it's because of what you just said. We're hyper-connected to the, you know, just all the digital information out there mm-hmm. of what the possibilities of what can happen. Mm-hmm. And so my question would be, what do you think the outcome of that is going to be? Like my daughter doesn't even want to go back to work mm-hmm. um, because yeah. she's been working from home. That's another thing. We have these COVID babies, right? Yeah. Where they have been working remotely and you see what what your child can get into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and think of all the mishaps that you almost did as you're working from home. Um, so now that fear of letting somebody else watch your baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that's going to work where there will be uh, some repercussions of that, of us being so hyper-focused, not only digitally, but just there with each other in the house day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I like your story. Um, cause I, you know, it, it highlights, you know, the answer to your previous question, which like, you know, does our, our expectations increased in our day and age? And I think your story proves like, yes, they are. Like there are things that were very normal, um, like leaving your baby with your 16 year old sister that people used to do and not question that today, like your daughter is doing is questioning how that was even, um, you know, possible. And so that does show us that, um, yeah, norms have changed. Um, and so, it's helpful to be just aware of that and um, and it, it, to the degree that it also helps us with our with our mom guilt as we realize that, yeah, as moms who now live in a day and age where it's not normal to let your, you know, teenage 
you know, sister, watch your baby. That's going to put more expectations on you, mom. It's going to be, that's going to make life harder for you. Like, cause it was probably helpful to your sister to have you watch her kid. Right. <laughs> and so we just have to understand that, um, you know, today's expectations do come, you know, at a cost and as a way to be in touch with the fact that like God cares about moms as people, like we also want to be, you know, caring about caring about ourselves and taking care about taking care of ourselves as moms. And so I think in that sense, like understanding, you know, what the expectations are that you're you're living with as a mom um, can help you realize then what kind of care and help and resources you need to seek out so that, um, yeah, the way that that you are seeking to parent can be sustainable um, because, you know, having really high expectations um, and following through with them perfectly isn't sustainable. Um, and so, you know, that, that's something that I, I might explore, you know, with a mom is, is okay. Given, you know, given these expectations, like which, which of them are, are reasonable, which, which do you want to aspire to, or which can you say, no, I'm not going to aspire to that. That's, that's a culturally informed expectation that, God doesn't call me to, you know, abide by. And, and just because my my culture says, you know, oh, do this or do that, that doesn't mean I'm beholden to that. And so, yeah, just being able to kind of take a step back and, and realize um, or identify, I should say, what those expectations are that that you as a mom might feel bound to. And then, you know, assessing them, you know, with more clear eyes, um, you know, in collaboration with your husband, with your family, with your community to say, you know, what is actually um, achievable and sustainable for for our family. Uh, that, speaking of that, because I, I those are such great points when you're talking about collaboration with with your husband. And um, uh, another thing I, I like what you you said, is it sustainable? And that's where we have to figure that out. I mean, at, at one point you're exhausted because I feel like the moms that I am with and, and you know, just from life group and in different areas, they're exhausted and they're overwhelmed. And I don't know if they're putting that on themselves uh, mm -hmm. with, you know, comparing what they need their house to look like on Pinterest to what they see on Instagram where, you know, everything is just so perfect. Mm. Uh, is it sustainable is, is a great question for, I think, for moms to ask themselves, mm -hmm. but then getting into the collaboration with your husband, what are some good questions? Uh, I, I was sharing with, with my daughter, they were talking about as they're getting into disciplining their child, like at what point are you, um, you know, saying no to your, well, I, I want to go back in your, in one of your blogs, you talk about, you know, hearing statements uh, that you share that are usually accompanied by tears. Like I grew up in such a harsh household. And even though it horrifies me, I, I sound like my, my mom, when I'm mad at my kids, you know, you, you, you had that comment in a blog and so we also have these expectations of how we're going to to discipline, and yet uh, we move out of that 
perfect place of, of what we think and what we read about. And then all of a sudden it happens in anger and we get mad and everything we said we weren't going to do. All of a sudden our, our mom comes out of our mouth. Mm -hmm. um, so in, in with a husband, how, how can you get husbands to help so you can get away from some of that, that frustration, you're overwhelmed, you're, you know, all of a sudden your mom's coming out of your mouth. Uh, how do you do that? How, do, what kind of conversations are you, can you have with your husband now before mm -hmm. you get into those situations? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you know, one, like I would encourage, you know, husbands to um, grow in their understanding that like moms tend to think that, you know, kind of it's all on them and they'll. Um, and so one of the ways a husband can serve his wife is by like, you know, seeking to be intentional with, you know, trying to uh, like enter her world and and be, um, yeah, just a, a key player and saying like, this isn't all on you because moms can feel like this is all on me um, to, to parent and to do everything right and to do everything perfectly. So I would first, you know, encourage husbands to like realize that about, you know, how how you know moms tend to be and think about how they can come alongside her and and have it be more of a you know what do we want to do what what are our you know values and yeah just working together and um communicating um and and doing so you know just with humility like i talk about this a lot in in marriage counseling you know when it's just like as you know as parents we're all winging it right it's like on the job training and and no one no one you know everyone of course fails at times um no one's going to do it perfectly and so just the humility of like this is an ongoing conversation we have to have about how to respond to these little creatures that god's entrusted us with um neither of us has you know the script or the right answer and um and so we want to be humble to check in and what are you thinking what you know uh, what might, you know, what are you advising about an approach here? And so, yeah, it, go, it goes back to that word of just collaboration of like, we are in this together. Parenting is is challenging. There's no one right answer. And so how can we be humble and, you know, be checking in with each other as a couple to see what we're thinking and collaborating together about uh, and prayerfully, you know, considering what approach we want to take with, with a particular problem with our kids. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, the humility part is is so is so good. I I've seen moms and dads do that where um a room full of people and there's a birthday party going on and dad's grabbing the cake and the mom's going, "No, don't don't let him have the cake yet and don't let and the child's watching all of this, right?" <laughs> Mm -hmm. Like those little things, like we're all on, on the job training and, yeah. and you're looking at it from your perspective of, oh, right. no, don't undermine the husband right in front of the child, you know, and yet you're just, you're just moving forward. And, and when you were sharing that, Lauren, I thought of, you know, some of the old good housekeeping magazines where you were supposed to meet your husband at the door, you know, like naked, wrapped in saran wrap, uh, <laughs> you know, with, with a beverage in hand, like, hi, honey, you know, house is clean, kids are sitting there ready to, you know, with their homework done, ready to have dinner with dad and talk about dad and his, his awesome day, how far we've come from those expectations, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. So yeah, just being able to over communicate, mm-hmm. you know, it, rather than meeting him at the door and throwing the child at them, mm-hmm. uh, being able to go, hey, I've had a hard day too. So whenever you're done decompressing, I really need your help here. Yeah. Rather than expecting them to come in and just take the child and, you know, do whatever they can to help you, commun- you know, just over communicating that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I I definitely as a marriage counselor, like recommend over communication, um, because, you know, so much damage can be done to, you know, to a couple's sense of like, unity and connectedness when they are, you know, not communicating well and not checking in because in the absence of that, you start interpreting and making assumptions and, you know, depending, you know, on if you're in a good place or not, like those tend to be not in your spouse's favor. And um, so much then is like going on in our own hearts and our own heads that we're not making available to our spouses. And it just, you know, creates so much opportunity for miscommunication and misunderstanding. Um, So definitely, yeah, I recommend with you just erring on the side of of over-communicating and putting to words you know, the things that are are going inside, going on inside you and making those available to your spouse. One thing uh, I remember reading from Stormy, I'm going to mess up her, her name. She's an author. Do you know who I'm talking about? Stormy Martian? Oh, um, oh Martian. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Stormy, St- Stormy or, or Martian. Uh, talking about and we know this from in Philippians that our our thoughts become our actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you said that about you know over communicating when and and sharing all those things that are going on in your head, if we're not sharing them and we're irritable or we're you know we're we're having these mean conversations about what our husband's not doing or I wish. Um, I I'm gonna back up here. I just had a friend tell me she was doing um, research mm-hmm. on. Um, what Instagram, uh, TikTok is the most addicting one and Instagram, what it's doing even in marriages. Mm-hmm. And she said one of her friends would look at Instagram and see where another, you know, friend would be talking about her husband and saying, oh, he came home and he did this and this and this. And we think Instagram, it, she put it into like the baby boomers, you have your Gen X, then the millennials, and then Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Baby boomers and Gen X have a, a tendency to go, oh, what a what an awesome picture of the family, and oh, how fun, they're at the snow, or they're in Paris, or whatever. <laughs> then the millennials, it's more of, oh, I, and she used the term hate, which I, I do not like that word. Uh, she was like, oh, I hate you, that you are having this beautiful relationship with your husband, and not only do I hate you, I hate my husband for not being that husband and doing all of those things. Mm -hmm. So there's this anger and this bitterness that's coming about from seeing it daily, day in and day out, everybody else's beautiful highlights and living in your own low light, right? (laughs) Living in your own struggles. Mm -hmm. And I I thought that was fascinating that Mm -hmm. that is what's taking place is there's anger and hate. And this particular person, when she completely got out of social media, it changed her relationship with her husband. And she was having a better relationship because she wasn't 
having those thoughts, right? Our thoughts do become our actions. And when we can change the way we're thinking about our husband and, and over communicating, then it's really going to make a difference. Now I'm going back to Stormy. I remember the first time I read that about when you start praying for your husband in a positive way, how it, it changes how you feel about them. Mm -hmm. And there were some things in my own marriage that I was praying for. And it, now I look back at that and I go, I can't even believe that that was a struggle hmm. that I was even praying because it completely changed my perspective. And it really was me. It wasn't my <laughs> husband. And I don't like to say that out loud because I'm pretty perfect. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, it is, it's crazy. And, and you go, okay, it all goes back to what God has told us. Yeah, our thoughts will become uh, our actions. So. All of that, uh, I don't know, Lauren, what are your thoughts on that? Because I just I just dumped all of this information from Stormy all the way from yeah. Instagram into the millennials. Yeah. <laughs> hate and bitterness. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate the, the Instagram story in the sense of like, surely, you know, we know, yeah. and as you're saying, like data backs it up that, you know, social media does um, not help us, you know, live in contentment. And I think as as Christians, like we want to be just aware of how our own hearts are tempted as we use, you know, different platforms. And that's something that I've talked about in relation to mom guilt as well, right? Like you see, um, yeah, this, as you said, like the highlights of people's lives and then you're tempted to compare um, or, you know, on the one hand, you might be tempted to compare or on the other hand, you might be tempted to judge, um, you know, and make your, you know, make yourself in your own eyes um, better in some way. And so, and both of these are, are you know, things that as Christians, we want to say no to. And, um, and so I appreciate just, you know, the, the willingness to like, you know, kind of renounce the social media platform. If it's, if, if you are aware that, you know, where you're at in your own battle with the temptations that come about is, you know, you're, you're not really battling it well, then it's better to, yeah, take a break from that. Um, because if we are going to engage, let's, let's engage well, and let's do engage, you know, for our good and the other person's good and for the glory of God. And if it just is a place instead where we're constantly battling temptation and not really doing well in that battle, um, then, then, yeah, let's be willing to to turn away um, from from such a temptation, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is which is a bummer because there's a lot of good things, obviously, that come mm -hmm. from social media and just finding that balance. Like you're saying, yeah. it's not yeah. glorifying God. Then, you know, what do I need to reevaluate here? Well, we yeah. have one more minute, uh, Lauren, if countdown is on. OK, <laughs> so mom guilt, what what would be some tips that like two tips that you just go, you know what, today, what? Today, God gives more grace. Um, and so, yeah, just knowing um, that God's, you know, God gives you grace as a mom, that his expectations um, are are for you to be faithful, not to be perfect. And he is with you to help you on that, that path of mothering um, and faithfulness. Um, yeah. And just to, to put your hope and trust in him um, and um, understand and, and know and really believe in your heart of hearts that, that he is for you um, and, and loves you um, 
better than you love yourself because mom guilt, you know, in, in mom guilt, we tend to be very hard and harsh on ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, well, thanks, Lauren. Sorry to cut you off. Thank you for being such an honor to have you with us today. Our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.